Nope, we don't need to speed up the process. We don't need to nuke this. You know why? Because this is the non-microwave truth. I am the little man that could, the little man that would, CL Whiteside, and this is brought to you by Time of Grace Ministry. I want y'all to check something out real quick. Okay, for the people that couldn't see that because you tuning in via podcast, some shirts. Got some shirts coming out. I'm going to try to get that out to some people, especially some people that have been showing love. A1 since day one, I want to get those out. And of course, thank you to all the people that have hit the five-star left reviews. Hit the like button on YouTube. Keep them coming. Keep the comments coming. Keep the five stars coming so more people can hear about the good news, the, the gospel, and this biblical perspective on a non-microwave truth. Let's get into our first world problem today. We're going to talk a ton about trademarks. And trademarks are like words or, or symbols that, that represent something, represent a group, represent a particular entity. Um, I want to think about the trademarks for Christians. And I started thinking about that. And I was like, you know, if we could sum this up, think about text message. I want you to think about an emoji. What would be the number one emoji that you would use to identify and lead a trademark and let people know that you are a Christian? A bought back child of God, a redeemed child, a holy one now through Jesus Christ. What would that emoji be? What would that trademark be? And a couple that popped in my head right away. I actually try to look on my on my text message stuff is I looked at a course across. I saw some praying hands and then I even saw some people that were kneeling and praying. But for you, what would you use? What would be the number one emoji? What would be the number one trademark that you use to identify yourself as a Christian? And you can't pick three, four, five different words or three four or five different pictures you only can pick one what would it be i just want to hear from you instagram twitter my handle is champion life 23 you can dm me instagram tiktok let me know what you think youtube drop it in the comments right now drop it in the comments what would be your trademark what would be your emoji to let people know that you are a christian and this is our first world problem it is dinner time The title of our episode is The Overlooked Trademarks. The Overlooked Trademarks. We're going to talk a ton about how does it look to be a Christian and are there some trademarks that Christians should obviously be displaying. And when I thought about this, there were different messages that I seem to be hearing and I'm hearing different things and they start to resonate with me. And you know how you hear certain messages from time to time? You're like, oh, I wish so-and-so heard this message because they need to hear this. They definitely need to hear this. Well, this was one of those messages that I'm like, man, this is for me. I am a certified sinner. I'm a redeemed, bought back child of God, but I am a certified sinner and I need to check and I need to examine myself daily. This is no, this is not for anyone else, but for me. And I want you to have that same mentality when you're listening to this episode of the overlooked trademarks. And I just want you to think about not your boo, not your husband or wife, not your children. Think about yourself and how this applies to you, how this applies to you. And are you given the trademarks of a Christian? Because there are some overlooked trademarks that we definitely want to talk about and address today. And the first one I want you to think about is this. As a Christian, this is a trademark. As a Christian, we should be given honey. And I want you to think about this. Do you give honey? Now, some of you are like, what, what, you, what you mean by that, CL? Tell me what you mean. Proverbs 16, verse 24 tells us, Gracious words are honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to 
the bones. Now, I want you to think about the people that you talk to, the people that you live with, the people that you work with. What are the first things that come out of your mouth in some of the relationships that you have? Like when you contact certain people, when people see you for the first time all day, is the first thing that you have for them a request? Is it a demand? It is some bad. Is it some bad information? Is it something you got to vent? You just got to tell them. That doesn't really sound like honey. That doesn't sound like gracious words that are sweet to the sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Now, I'm super big on percentages. I know everything can't be honey. But what percentage of the, the dialogue that you have, of the discussions that you have with those relationships, what percent? What percent is honey? And then I also want you to think about, like, what is the first thing that comes out of your mouth or the message that you send via text, via email? Like, is it honey? It'd be nice to start some stuff off with some compliments because, you know, you want people to look forward to hearing from you. Look, want people to look forward to be like, OK, so and so kind to me. This is probably something good. Like, who doesn't want to hear some good news? Who doesn't want to hear something positive and some something good? But at times we hear the exact opposite of honey. We hear poo poo and mess and i know sometimes you're like well that's what this person's relationship is for me but that's going to end up running out that can get old real real quick like i said that's not sweet to the soul and that's not healing to the bones that's 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 the lord talking and i thought about this because i have someone who who contacts me who calls me and i look at it and i'm just like i don't even want to answer because i know they want something i already know they want something so unless i got the energy to to listen to them ask me what they want i don't want to hear from them do you have someone who contacts you you already know, like, man, this person wants something. I already know. Or you get a text message. You're like, nope, I ain't even going to open it because I know they want something. We don't necessarily want that to, to be. And I guess a better question would be, are you that person? Are you that person when the first time you see somebody, you are complaining, you got a request, you got a demand, you are the one that they don't want to pick up the phone for or open a text message for? Are you that person to anyone? Are you that person to anyone? It also tells us in Proverbs 18, verse 21, the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. So we want to pour life into people. And one of the first things and best ways we can do that is the first thing we say can, can be a compliment. It doesn't always have to be a demand, a request, um, a, a vent. Uh, I just got to tell you, there's no slow down. Tell me something good first before you tell me this mess. I want to hear some honey. I want to hear about some honey first. That's one thing. All right. Second thing is this, an overlooked trademark. Do you display trust? Do you display trust? And I think so many times we're we're predicated and dictated on our feelings versus like what does God's word say to us and I just wanted to think about Joseph the stepfather of Jesus and I want you just to think about like how he felt when he found out his soon-to-be wife Mary was pregnant and he like she pregnant wait a minute wait a wait a whole minute I didn't have sex with her just imagine what he was feeling in that moment. And we're going to read about what he wanted to do. And this is him showing obedience. This comes from Matthew chapter one, starting at verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Now, imagine the person you're supposed to marry is about to have a kid. And you doing the math, you connecting the dots, you like, 
this doesn't make any sense. This is this makes no sense. This is a lot of craziness in his mind. But check out Joseph's classy response and what he was planning to do anyways. A lot of us would have went off. Verse 19, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to, to divorce her quietly. So he wasn't even going to try to post it on social media and be like, look, I, I picked the wrong one. This She's for everybody. He was going to do it on the low. He was going to be super quiet. He was going to do it the, the, the godly way. Verse 20 says, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now, we probably won't have an angel come talk to us in a dream, but you best believe you best believe the Lord is going to talk to us through his word. There are so many times he's going to talk to us through the word, but that means we need to read his word and, and be in his word. And I think we, we pray and we talk to God so much like we and we should do this. But at times we don't listen or we don't even expect a response when we do pray. So when you pray, expect a response. Now, listen to what the angel said. Verse 21, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. I'm going to skip some verses. 24, verse 24. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord said. Let me repeat that. He did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. So trust. Too many times we feel like trust has to be displayed only when we feel it. But when we see with Joseph, it was about him being obedient and listening to what God had commanded him to do. We have God's commandments in the good book, in the Bible. So despite our feelings, display trust by being obedient to God. That, that's for me. That's for me. Remember, this This is for me. This is mainly for me. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6 tells us, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. I think that's just so key and always something I got to remind myself in all your ways. A lot of times we pick this way or we pick that way. We pick the way that's comfortable. But in all our ways, we don't submit to God. And that's something that's an overlooked trait, Marcus, when you submit in each and every way. Because sometimes people are going to look at you like, you really going to do this still? Like, that's God's way. But that's how you display trust, especially. All right. The third thing. Do you give grace? Do you give grace? A lot of times I think that I give grace, but when you start looking at, at God's word, when you start looking at God's grace and God's mercy, you you get like, oh, I mean, I do give a little bit, but it's nothing comparable to, to God. And I thought about this because the other day I got cussed out. I got cussed out on the phone and I'm just sitting there like, bro, why are you, why are you mad at me? I know it's got to be something else you mad at because you really can't be mad over what you're cussing me out about. And in those opportunities, I have a, a chance to show grace. But I there there does come a point in time where I get ticked off and I'm like, man, I hope they get what they got coming. But but grace and I got to think about all the times that I have cussed God out by being disobedient to him or doing what I wanted to do or flat out saying things I shouldn't say. And I'm just like, I have cursed God out, but he still loves me. He still died for me. He's still my God. He's still my father. He's still my savior. He's still my messiah. And that just makes you think about grace, grace completely different. And I thought about when, when Peter asked Jesus about like, you know, how many times did you forgive someone? And he said to him, this is Matthew 18, verse 21. He said, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me up to seven times? Like Peter thought that was a lot, like, you know, seven times, like 
And then Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times, 77 times. And, and going back to that, when I was sharing about somebody cussing me out, we really just got to know that at times people really aren't mad at us. We're, we just so happen to be the end of the, the, the bad results and be the person to catch the brunt of it. And that's not necessarily fair, fair, but that, but that is life at times. And when we can remember God's grace, that allows us to show grace to others. And then I thought about this. Um, we can't forget about the grace that we have, right? Because in those moments, a lot of times we want to become the judge though. Like I want to be like, this person should have this happen to him. And this person should have that to happen to them. And at times we start thinking that someone else doesn't deserve grace. Someone else doesn't deserve grace because we almost forget about the things that we have done. But Matthew 7 verse 3 reminds us, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? So we all have something in our eyes that we constantly have to be removing. We constantly have to be thanking God for, for getting rid of, I should say. He says, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye? But all the time, there is a plank in your own eye. You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So we got some stuff in our eyes that we have to allow God to, to remove. And sometimes we looking at other people like, "Ooh, this person is messed up in it. But we got stuff that's messed up about us as well. But our God still loves us. Our God is the one who, who cleans us and makes us right. It's, it's not ourselves doing that. It's not ourselves doing that. And then the last thing I want to leave you with is like, do you understand love? Because love is the greatest overlooked trademark for Christians. And I know we can't understand love like completely because it's, it doesn't make sense a lot of times. God's love is so crazy, but we can understand it a little bit. We can see the difference with, with a godly love compared to a worldly, worldly love or a you do this and then I do this for you type of love. And I just want you to think about this because there are some times, believe it or not, I like want to throw a pity party for myself. And, you know, I, I could feel undervalued or not appreciated by someone or a particular group. And then it's just like, what difference does it make, though? What, what difference does it make when you think about God's love? You realize that you are never undervalued. You realize that you are never underpaid. You realize that you are never not appreciated or, or, or not loved. Because you have God's love. And when you have God's love and you think about God's love and the fact that I could never, ever match it, it keeps me grounded. It keeps me grounded and it keeps my focus in, in, in the right place. And, and when you kind of understand God's love, it, your demeanor changes, your mindset changes, like your whole perspective on love completely change. And that's an overlooked trademark as Christians. A lot of times we don't always look at. Or just really think about like God's love is absolutely crazy. And why is it so crazy? It's because it's undeserved. It's a flat out gift. It's a flat out gift that can never be reciprocated. Like it can't be reciprocated. And it's unconditional. It's not based off of certain things we have or haven't done. So that just makes it crazy. Thinking about this, I, I think about my, my marriage. And I'm going to just be real with you for a second. Let's just keep it real for a second. You know, you know why I fail for my life or fail for my wife? or I love my wife is because of the fact like, it's like, okay, she brings peace to my life. All right. Um, this is someone that I can build a life with. This is someone that's fun to be around. This is someone who has high character. This is someone who compliments me. Well, this is why I love my wife. 
And, and we're trained to love in this capacity of, OK, you love this person because of what they can do for you or what you can get out of it. But God's love is nothing like that. God's love is about what he has done for us. And this is part of the reason why I had that crazy idea. Like, man, maybe every marriage should just be arranged in a way because we we get trained to think that we do this then you do that. And then this is how I get it. I love you because you love me. It's like, no, that's that's not really how it works. Well, at least that's not how God's love works towards us. That's not how God's love works towards us. And what I'm talking about is the fact that we are supposed to model what? We're supposed to model Christ's ridiculous, crazy, selfless love. And why do you think I say that? Or why do I say that? Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So I think about that like, why we still stunk? While we still were trash, while we still were untouchable, while we still were ugly, while we still were a loser or we were broke or any negative thing that you could think about, like because we could never, ever, ever match that. We could never, ever come close. We could never, ever deserve it. And God said, you know what? I still love you. I still will show you love. And the only reason we can come close to loving is because he loves us. It's just because he loves us. And then look at what John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35 says to us. So because Jesus loves us like this, because our God loves us like that, we are supposed to love like this as well. And that's an overlooked trademark, like the ability to to love people. And it says this, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. And I think about love, especially from a biblical, from a godly uh, perspective. Love is giving up something or is something that's costing you or is something that's sacrificial. Like that's how our God's love was or is towards us. You know, what did God give up for us? He gave up his son. Jesus gave up his comfort. He gave up his throne. He gave up his 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 status and his position to serve us. It cost him his life. Like that is love. Love is a gift, a gift that cannot be repaid, a gift that cannot be reciprocated. And when we see this with our God, it's just absolutely amazing. And I want you to think about this. This is a question I had to ask myself. The people that I love, the people that I say that I love the most, does my love look anything like God's love? Does your love look anything like God's love towards those people? At the very least, it's supposed to look like that to everyone. But does it look like that to the people that you say that you love the most? And then I thought about it like the times that I do feel like I'm loving like Christ and then that love doesn't get matched or reciprocated. I'm like, give me my love back. I want it back. I almost want to take it back. And it's like just because I felt I loved like Christ doesn't mean that I actually did. And then when I almost want to take it back. That's nothing like Christ. And it says this. It says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If you love one another. And I just want to wrap up this episode and and thinking about that, that love. Because we talked about three different things already. We talked about the fact that, do you give honey? We talked about, do you give do you display trace? Do you display trust? And then do you give grace? And it's hard to give grace if you don't understand that love. And this leads us to our last one, which we've been talking about is do you understand love? Do you give love? And we can understand a little bit, but we always have to look at Christ's love and what he has done for us. 
And I'm going to use this passage from John chapter 4, verse 12 to, to wrap up this episode of the overlooked trademarks that we we can be showing to people. And this is the ESV version. It says, no one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. So at times it can be discouraging. Like, man, I can't love like God. I can never come close. And, and that is true to an extent. But we have to remember that God gives us his spirit to love, to give honey, to have this trust, to give grace. And this is the non-microwave truth. Thanks for joining me on this episode of The Overlooked Trademarks. Go and allow your light to shine today so it can glorify your father in heaven. Peace punch, Captain Crunch. Say no to drugs and yes to Jesus. I am out.